up and do our intro that I'm not even excited about this time because I want to talk about exciting news. So blah, blah, blah. I'm Katie, not a scientist. <laughs> I'm Erica, apparently a scientist. And this, <laughs> and this is Southern, Southern Science. science. Oh, wow, that was bad. We're out of practice. Okay, so I'm sure everyone's noticed we have not been like, you know, our, our viewers and subscribers who like get on our website, like I appreciate that, that um, we have not been as consistent the past month. And we have a reason for that. Take it <laughs> away, Erica. What's our reason? <laughs> Uh, yes, it, I mean, in a way, it is definitely my fault, but it's and a good thing is that uh, I've been having some committee meetings with my advisory committee, and I've been approved to go ahead and like prepare for graduation, and I do have a, a job lined up for starting in April, and uh, I'm supposed to like defend in April and that kind of stuff. So, yay! So yeah, I've been like tr in lab trying to crank out like a lot of last minute experiments just so I can be writing my last paper and my dissertation and all that jazz. <laughs> You're doing real science. Like we have to take a break from Southern science and you can go do real science. And that is so exciting. Like, so I didn't realize this, like, until like Erica started explaining me to her process. If you're like me and you're a social sciences major, we just show up at graduation and we're like, yay, and they hand us a degree. Apparently, when you do science science, <laughs> um, you have to justify why after you've paid all this money that um, you're allowed to graduate. <laughs> yes. Or maybe that's just doctoral life. I don't know. It's uh, it's crazy to me. Like, I'm just going to show up in May and they're going to give me a, like a diploma after my internship. No. But like, oh, my God. Now, I had to do that for my master's also. You have to defend your thesis for a master's that's degree. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, but you know, at some point it's like either you decide I did enough science or you get tired of me and I leave That's because like, of that too. I will sit here and just continuously do the same science forever. So let me go. Let it go. Yep. Let it go. Yeah. Just, oh wait. I don't know if that's copyrighted. I don't know if I can sing that. Oh, well. Too late. Don't worry. It was different enough. The oh, that was that rude. Was <laughs> That was hateful. Yeah. And oh, not nice. It is Valentine's Day. Today's a day of love. You're I'm nice sorry. to me. My husband is you, on Katie. call. I'm spending Valentine's you, Day by myself. <laughs> Thank you. I love you too. Actually, not completely <laughs> by myself. I have my pineapple kombucha, and Yay. Fallout 4 is like screaming my name because in New Orleans, it doesn't feel like Valentine's Day. In New Orleans right now, it's Baca Sunday, except it's COVID, so there's no parades. Yeah. So instead, everyone's sitting like passive aggressively at their house and being mad about it. So. <laughs> Going, I don't know what to do in a Mardi Gras season without parades. That's actually exactly what's happening. Like people are like doing like yard floats, like yardy gras, which is really cool. Like I found a couple. I'm gonna post them online. They're really fun. But like it's not the same. And like you know, there's like the tourists who are in from out of town who are like, COVID's not real, and who are driving around. But the city shut down. So, yeah, that's why they closed the bars is because tourists, tourists are always the problem. It's not New Orleans people. Problem. It's always yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, we're, we're pretty cool with the, with like not dying of COVID. We're a very poor city. And I feel like the people who come in are like people who can like afford health insurance and things like that. Or <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't have health insurance. We're a service industry city. Please don't bring your COVID here. So yeah, it's a whole thing. But like, honestly, the city is pretty passive aggressively just like, and you can't forget people can't see my face, but they're just sad face sitting on their porch. Like, we could be a Bacchus right now. So grumpy. I could be getting beads. I could be getting cups. How am I supposed to get plastic cups for the upcoming year if there's no Mardi Gras? So yeah, it's it's a whole thing. But um, so I keep forgetting it's actually Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's weird because I have tomorrow off from school, but not I mean, it's kind of President's Day, but it's I Mardi actually Gras. have it off because it's, yeah, it's Mardi Gras Monday, but also there's going to be a massive amount of snow in the next couple days. I don't know. What are y'all getting? Are y'all getting any Nothing. weather down there? Oh, I mean, oh my like, God. It's, it's New Orleans. So if it drops below like 50 degrees, the city shuts down and they're like, we're like, oh, it's supposed no. to get to 28, but we're not getting snow, which thank God. Where's it getting down to four? Four. That's not even a temperature. It's four. You know what? This feels like Winter was like the guy who like waited to the last second to start his like group project. And oh, was like, shoot, we're just going to do it all at once. Because <laughs> it's been in the 70s. Y'all was in the 70s last week. And it's like Winter woke up was like, oh, I guess I got to do Winter things. And it's like, here's a bunch of snow. It's wild. Uh, so 
the last I saw for Shreveport specifically, they're predicting like tomorrow is up to like three to five inches of snow. And then Tuesday is just going to, it's not going to get above freezing. So anything that's there is going to stick. And then Wednesday we're supposed to have up to eight inches of snow and then another inch, like three inches that night and then another inch on Thursday. But even worse is slightly North of Shreveport where Danny's farm is. They're predicted that for like Monday, they're going to get up to like five inches and then two the next day. And then Wednesday, they're actually predicted for eight to 12 inches of snow just Wednesday during the day. It's, Anyway, so we spent yesterday up at the farm, like, cutting up the burn pile to get firewood because everyone is sold out of firewood. Everyone's sold out of, like, propane for small space heaters. Uh, So we spent yesterday on a quest for propane. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, we were running all around all day yesterday trying to get the farm set up, get new insulation around some of the outside pipes, like, (laughs) trying to weatherproof the farm. I'm going to need Shreveport to like get all this out of its system before I get up there. Just get it Sorry, all out. It only happens once a decade. So. That's what I'm saying. I need to get it all out. I'm not here for it. None of that sounds appealing. I don't understand people who enjoy snow. Like for any listeners who like snow, like that's between you and your therapist. That's your choice. But I don't understand it. That's not something I can process. It is ice falling from the sky. Why do people like it? I am so sorry. Like, do you have food? Yes, we've got food. We've got, you know, canned food. We've got frozen food, things like that. Um, I swear. Oh, my God. we got lots of, like, from, like, Canada listening to this who's like, oh, my God, listen to these South, like, South Louisiana girls who are losing their minds. Well, I mean, I understand that, like, you know, people uh, even slightly north from here have been getting snow for months. But the problem is, is that, like... You have three to five inches of snow is going to literally take out my car. I, there, snow plows don't exist. There's That's no true. way to yeah. take care of the road, to clear the roads. There's no way. Like, and, and part of the problem also is that starting today, there's going to be freezing rain. And so they suggested that actually there's going to be like at least a, like a 10th of an inch ice layer. And if you have ice layer under your snow, you're just, there's no way. There's no yeah. way I could possibly drive. And it's, yeah, it's just that we're not equipped for it. Like I don't have snow chains for my my little Kia soul (laughs) to be able to drive on snow and ice. Well, I'm sitting here looking and I think I might need to cancel my workouts because like hourly rates, what I'm looking at right now is Monday, we're looking at 39 degrees, but it lows 23 and we're supposed to get thunderstorms. That's snow. Yeah. Or, or ice. If it, if it rains and then gets that low, then it'll, it'll freeze. And if you get patches of ice, then that's almost um, worse than snow. Oh yeah, for sure it is because snow will compact and you can kind of drive on it, but ice, you're just going to, you saw the videos of the pile up in Fort Worth, right? That was no. freezing rain. Oh my God. Six people died. There were over a hundred cars in this pile up in Fort Worth. There's videos of it and it's just 18 wheelers that can't stop and just slamming into oh a God. row of cars. Yeah. And, car- and like pickup trucks go flying. It's really, really horrible. Jeez. No, I didn't see that. Oh gosh. Yeah, that was that was earlier this week and it's Oof. yeah, it's messed up. Oh, that's awful. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Okay, well guys, yeah. anybody listening, please be safe. Please be safe with the ice and the roads and the all of the things. Um I'm canceling everything on my schedule because I'm not going to deal <laughs> with that. Uh, I can't drive in regular conditions. I definitely don't need to add ice to those conditions. I mean, although I did have to drive around New Orleans after the hurricane like came through and like wiped out all of our power. And I was like, this is strangely freeing. I could apparently survive in post-apocalyptic world with no traffic lights. It's like, it's just about who's the bravest. And I'm the bravest because my car is like worth $20. <laughs> Hit me with your Audi if you dare. <laughs> my parents are already without power. Their power went out this morning and it's not even icing yet. And God. there's just no, they're probably not going to get power back on for the rest of the week. Like it's, yeah. I don't know. And of course I'm not, I don't have any way to like, you know, all of our generators are out after hurricane season. So it'll be fine. I have lots of blankets and I have books I need to read and things like that. So yeah, but that's what listeners, y'all might be the last bit of internet work that we get done for a while. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll see how fast I can edit and let y'all know. <laughs> All right, so let's actually talk about some happy things. Like, apparently it's Valentine's Day, and I'm not one of those people that hates Valentine's Day. I think it's a fun holiday. Even when I was single, I liked it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no one's going to say anything if I go buy a heart of candy. Like, you can't judge me for doing that on Valentine's Day. Like, I'm allowed to do what I want. That's true. And despite the fact that Katie and I are making an effort to eat healthier, I did succumb to Valentine's Day candy. And yep. Because, I mean, like, Reese's are just so good. See, that is not my candy. Nope. You and Ooh, Brett yes. can sit there and love your Reese's. That is not my candy at all. <laughs> I am straight on the, like, dark chocolate kick. And people are like, I oh, that's like healthier. And I'm like, not the way I eat it. It's not. <laughs> like, we're talking, I don't eat, like, one piece of dark chocolate. We eat the whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah, so, yeah, it doesn't like, I fully commit. Yeah, I I got like a a bag like trying to be healthy or whatever. I got a bag of those like bark thins, like the really mm-hmm. thin dark chocolate. Shoot. Like yeah, it doesn't count if you just eat the bag. Like, yeah, if you just sit there and like <laughs> inhale the entire thing, not helpful. You know, like, portion control is still a thing, guys. But like no, I just that is my hardest thing. So no, I actually for today I figured what I do is um I have like leftovers and I have like some like fresh shrimp so I'm gonna make myself a valentine's day dinner because Brett's on call of course he is um so I'm having like a valentine's day and I'm cracking out fallout 4 and we're just gonna have some (laughs) romance with the characters from there so there you go (laughs) and I I wish I had oysters because like oysters are always what I eat for valentine's day yeah they're delicious they're an aphrodisiac they're delicious uh so yeah, so that was Katie's transition to we're talking about after uh-huh. today. Wasn't that good? That was a good one, that right? Was, but it's that also was true. Really good. Ugh. It's also true. I always eat oysters for Valentine's Day. It's never easy. You're supposed to eat them. So we will talk about it. Oysters are actually one of the very, very few aphrodisiacs that has a little bit of truth behind it. Hey. See, I'm smart. But not for ladies. Sorry. Oh, bummer. sadness okay so for valentine's day i wanted to talk about aphrodisiacs and that being usually defined as you know a substance that you can consume to enhance virility or sexual pleasure oh and i meant to start this all off by putting in a disclaimer i was about to say (laughs) so i wanted to put it in a disclaimer that says while we try to make this program appropriate for all ages this uh, episode will include discussion of genitals and uh, sexual, not like detailed sexual performance, but the concept of sex in general. About love. Um, this is the love podcast <laughs> today. Yeah. All and Katie is stuff. suddenly a 70s DJ. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's <laughs> Day. We will be discussing sex in this podcast today. You're listening to Katie and Erica, the doctors of love. Doctors of love. What's the food to eat on Valentine's Day if you want to show your partner a good time? Apparently oysters because I'm smart. All right. Fair enough. I think that was a good disclaimer. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, we're not going to be like super graphic, but if that's not the kind of age appropriate thing for someone to listen to, you may want to get uh, supervisory approval. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever that's called these days. (laughs) Well, it doesn't have to be a parent, but just like, you know. Yes, someone, someone can... <laughs> find an adult in your life that says it's okay for you to listen to this podcast because it is informational. Okay, yes. so we got it. Yes. Let's do it. So, Tell yeah, me so... about oysters. Because, I, look, okay, so oysters are an aphrodisiac, and I'm going to swear by that. Oysters are, asparagus is, um, I've heard wine is, but I don't think that has anything to do with an aphrodisiac and everything to do with when you're drunk. Like you start making like googly eyes at people. <laughs> um, what else is it? I've, I, we, and strawberries. I think I've always heard strawberries and aphrodisiac. Oysters have always been the big one because I live in Louisiana. Like you're supposed to serve oysters. Hmm. So, yes. Yeah, so oysters are the ones that are definitely the most famous. Um, but I did want to talk about some like historical aphrodisiacs because they get wild. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there, there are... A few like categories, just kind of looking through like what have what has historically been aphrodisiacs, um, and I'll go through like a list that's something. But, uh, <laughs> are you going to tell me like bananas are an aphrodisiac? No, weirder, way weirder stuff. So 
historically, um, so anything that is associated with the sea is, is by default an aphrodisiac because of the myth of Aphrodite. So Aphrodite being the, oh. <laughs> being the Greek goddess of love who was born from sea foam. And technically, not all myths that you, you know, read in your elementary school Greek myth book will discuss the graphic origin of Aphrodite. But technically, so she uh, was born from sea foam that sprung up from when Zeus murdered the Titan Kronos or Uranus, the father of the gods, and then threw his penis into the ocean. And then the foam that sprouted up from his penis is what Aphrodite was born from. So, uh, and actually Af- Aphros like means like sea foam or whatever. So anything nice, like okay. any, any seafood is often considered an aphrodisiac for that reason. But honestly, what I've read is that uh, aphrodisiacs weren't originally like a whole category of food. It was like an aphrodisiac was just a property of other foods or nutritional supplements that you would eat. So huh. for a long time, that wasn't something that you'd seek out. Um, so there's actually just, I'll go ahead and say, there's a lot of really good resources online. Um, there are actually a lot of scientific papers that have been written to try and investigate the historical like accuracy of aphrodisiacs. There are like reviews that just list historical aphrodisiacs. Um, there's a good one called Aphrodisiacs in the Global History of Medical Thought from Cambridge University Press. That was the one that kind of talked about how, like, historically, that they weren't their own category of food that you would just eat to try and get people in the mood. But there's, yeah, I'll kind of sprinkle throughout the, 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 this some really good articles. Um, well, and that one makes sense, too, because sex is one of those things that um, constantly comes up in counseling and constantly comes up, like, you know, in life and relationships. That's something people have been find, trying to find ways to make better and to like improve with their partners since I'm assuming the beginning of time. Uh, yeah, probably because you can't, you can't have much of a species if you don't yeah, <laughs> have that, sex yeah. with someone. Right. You know, yeah. and so that makes sense. Yeah. For all of time, people have been trying to figure out a way to attract the opposite sex for like reproductive mating, but I guess not for romantic relationships. Yes. Um, that can be anyone. Yes. Um, <laughs> or as many but... people as you want, because this is an open podcast. Mental health is <laughs> right you know and if we're talking about like just at the most instinctual level the i you know sex is something that we all need yeah. right you know um unless you know you're, you're on the a spectrum and then that's you know completely different but like you know as a species you know we are to we are made to desire sex and like you know procreation of some sort or at least yeah, evolutionarily yeah yeah, evolutionarily, there's like, you know, three things, three or four things you have to do to actually be considered a life form and reproducing is one of them. So, mm-hmm. you know, not that yeah. everyone needs to. I have no intention of reproducing myself. So, same things. Um, but anyway, but, you know, um, if it happens. All right. So, yeah. Okay. So that's actually, I'm not surprised with the amount of research out there on that. Um, mm-hmm. And I know this probably sounds silly, but this, and I consider myself an educated person, but I guess this is one of the old wives tale things where I've just never actually looked into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, of course. Everyone eats oysters on Valentine's day. I'm in South Louisiana. It's an aphrodisiac. It's good for you. You know? So yeah, I just, I guess I never thought about the fact that there is, I make sense that there's science, mm-hmm. but I never thought about the fact that someone was like, we're going to look at the science of this. Yeah. So there's a lot. And and there are a few, like not as many of things as have been to- touted as aphrodisiacs, but there are a few things that are more legit than you'd think. And so we'll talk about those. But things things that have been considered aphrodisiacs that I wanted to mention. So like the first category would be things associated with the ocean because of the myth of Aphrodite to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also another category of aphrodisiacs, which kind of um, adheres to the, uh, what they call the doctrine of signatures or sometimes the doctrine of similarities but doctrine of signatures is more common anyway and it's basically it's that you can look at something like a natural product a plant or whatever and based on what it looks like you can kind of tell what it's for and it was this theory that old-timey doctors used to have that'd be like well i mean god would want us to know what we could use it for so if you have jaundice you turn yellow so yellow flowers should be able to help cure your jaundice you know things like that so it's like either the environment or the shape of a thing would tell you how to cure it and that's i mean obviously 
nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> so it's like the world's like most interesting game of memory. It's like matching. Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, it's trying to, it's trying to just logic out what something could be used for just by looking at it. So the theory, this, this applies to things like consuming sea cucumbers, which was a third century Chinese practice. So sea cucumbers were, are very phallic in shape. So they were considered an aphrodisiac. Uh, Also um, a more recent one, a 14th century practice of uh, eating walnuts as an aphrodisiac because walnuts apparently look like testicles. Um, what? I don't really see that one. <laughs> walnuts look like little miniature. Walnuts look like little miniature brains. But according to Paracelsus, who was a 14th century, I guess I'd say physician, he he considered he said that walnuts look like testicles, so you should probably eat those for virility. There that is was, very like I don't see that at all. Like I thought you were gonna like make like you know I thought we were moving on to women immediately. But I do have a no. question based on that. Mm-hmm. Is that the oyster? So some people say, yes, oysters remind them of female genitals. And so yes. they, but I mean, there's other things that do that too. So like apparently Pliny, who was an ancient medicinal person, he, he said mandrake root looks like female genitals. And so. What is a mandrake root? All right, I'm Googling it. The other category of uh, aphrodisiacs is probably things that show that you're wealthy and uh, okay well that see, okay that would make sense like i'm going to eat straight chocolate leaves or golden chocolate leaves yeah just walk around eating those Although, Let's see. if you're somewhere that like has never had spices that is like saffron or something you know something like that that's like oh any, anything exotic you know anything exotic was considered an aphrodisiac basically just because it means the person who's providing it to you is obscenely wealthy and okay <laughs> yeah I mean, a, I mean that makes sense yeah saffron and i guess i guess there's another grouping that would be considered things that you consider virile or powerful so like um, a second century ad uh cantonese practice was to consume cobras that just doesn't seem like it's worth it <laughs> you gotta catch the cobra first and cobras don't like to be caught not so much. Uh, puffer fish. So eating fugu. That's super poisonous. Yeah. Counts. Yeah. Very poisonous. Uh, there's some stuff like um, apparently leaf cutter ants used to be consumed on a wedding night um, as a, I, I don't know why. Um, that was a uh, 13th century early American thing. I think. I know powdered seahorse because of the office. Actually, yeah. So that was another thing that was listed was actually they um, the website I saw said uh, dried seahorse that was preserved in alcohol. Um, and I don't know if you're supposed to then consume the seahorse or the alcohol or <laughs> how Dude. that exactly works. I don't know. I'm Googling it. So keep going. Oh, my God. OK, well, that kind of makes sense, though. Like you, you know, you so it's display of power, mm-hmm. display of wealth and then mm-hmm. things that look like the genitalia that you're interested in. Yes. Okay. Oh, and the and the things that also uh, represent power and virility would be like apparently it's a more recent trend was eating tiger penis was more of an Asian trend, but apparently that's pretty expensive can cost you three to four hundred dollars a bowl of tiger penis. So it's both. Oh, yes, wealthy and, and wealth. powerful. Like, you know, man, yes. I can eat, I can eat tiger penis. I am very powerful. But also like bull testicles extract. Um, is pretty common too. Well, and, we and do more festivals in the United States. We do Rocky Mountain oysters. <laughs> yes, the other kind of oysters, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they're not terrible, actually. Anyway, if you've never had them, check it out. They're not bad. But yeah, I mean, things like that. The One of the weirder ones I saw was a um, 6th century BC that was like a piece of flesh from a foal's forehead called a hippomenes. And like, that's really random. I don't know if that would make me interested in another person. I don't think that would be an aphrodisiac. I think I'd be terrified. And then there's simpler things like carrots, arugula, garlic. I'm like, that's just a salad. Garlic that's is not an, an aphrodisiac? <laughs> garlic is an aphrodisiac? I will say every time like I'm cooking garlic, Danny's always like, oh, that smells really good. And he's really like happy with the cooking. So I could see it. So. Oh my God. <laughs> Just thinking, like, trying to make out with someone after they make, like, just eat an entire loaf of garlic bread. Just nom, nom. Okay, speaking of the you don't want to make out with someone after they eat some of these, I will go ahead. Ah, dang. I'm saying all of this, like, so out of order. 
But another category that I will actually, I was going to say two things in, is peppers, capsaicin, you know, what makes peppers hot. Um, So hot peppers are often considered an aphrodisiac because physically it makes you like flush and feel hot. And so maybe that you can get, your body's confused with being aroused. So... So eat a bunch of ghost peppers. Yeah. So in the practice of using things like peppers and capsaicin mm-hmm. to kind and of I'm give you a... all up while you talk to me, by the way. This is very interesting. Okay, great. All right. With the concept of trying to basically trick your body into being pre-aroused by like, oh, I'm feeling flushed. Maybe it's the peppers. Maybe it's the sexy guy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but that's... Maybe part of the basis behind one of the more famous aphrodisiacs, like modern aphrodisiacs, which is Spanish fly. What? Spanish fly. Okay. I wanted to mention it because it is one of the, one of the natural products that is touted as an aphrodisiac in, you know, modern society, but it's not, not good. It gained a lot of popularity, I think, because it's something. One of the things in like the Bill Cosby case was that he would try to feed women Spanish fly. But anyway, most of the Spanish fly that you can buy is probably super fake. But what it actually is, is ground up beetles, actually blister beetles. So blister beetles secrete a substance called cantharidin and it's really, really bad for you. So it can like soak through your skin cells and disrupts the proteins that are holding your cells together. And so that's why they start to blister and it's really Mm -hmm. bad. And so obviously if something does that to your skin, you would not want to put it in your mouth, but people do. This is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm already looking, there's like a lot of stuff. It's like, Oh, you can buy this. It's like, no, that doesn't look legit. All right. Yeah. It's, and it's, Really bad. Um, So consuming Spanish fly is actually really, really bad for you. It is toxic. It can really damage your entire GI tract as it causes inflammation. Um, I did see that you may have the impression of arousal because as you try to purge it from your body, it will cause swelling of the urinary tract and the urethra. (laughs) Okay. So it, it fakes you out. Yes. But it's like painful. And there was a famous historical case. There was a guy who uh, who fed sex workers Spanish fly laced foods. And he was actually charged with attempted murder and sentenced to death because like all of the sex workers got incredibly ill after eating it. So it's one of the more well-known modern aphrodisiacs, but it's actually very toxic. Please don't it's horrible it for you. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. No. Yes. Good night. There's a lot to that. Okay. So in thinking about all of the wide range of things that have been considered aphrodisiacs, and, and there's more, there's more, there's like, you know, moldy cheese or durin fruit or things like oh, that. I have, okay, um, durin fruit, that's a terrible idea. And moldy cheese? Yes, it's a Sardinian thing that it's called kasumarzu that is like maggot filled rotting cheese. Is there a, is there like a science spot? Okay, I got to Google it. No. I'm sorry. Don't Google no. it. Don't do it. Okay, don't do it. No, you can. No, you can Google it. I'm saying you. I was answering your. Is there a science oh, behind your question? That, no, not that I saw. <laughs> I typed in moldy maggot cheese aphrodisiac, and it came up immediately. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh. cashew marzu cheese is crawling with live maggots. Oh, apparently this is a delicacy. Uh huh. What? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, so it falls in the category of this just proves that I'm a wealthy, powerful person who can get rare foods, but ugh, I don't yeah. know if that would have the desired effect on me. <laughs> I do no. not know if someone ordering that at a restaurant would have the effect of me being like, this is a rich person. <laughs> I should be, be like, no, thanks. I'm going to be like, excuse me, I left my purse on the other side of the world. I have to go get it. <laughs> I- what i know i know i did forget to mention actually one of the the, i'm gonna stop listing fake ones but one of the other most popular fake ones is a powdered rhino horn 
That one's pretty well known. So I did know that one. And I've got, you know, of course, that's a horrible one because like rhinos yeah. are super in danger and that's a terrible thing. But yeah, I can, I do see the category that would fall into that would definitely fall into the whole like viral, um, uh, virulent thing. And then also the uh, the wealthy thing too, because I know it's very expensive. But yes, yeah, so, so a lot of this is really sad, right? Like tigers are endangered, rhinos are endangered. And it's, you know, this is where like the pseudoscience isn't just silly, it's dangerous. Yes. They're, they're you know, and it's, yeah, it's damaging. Okay, so that's that's actually really sad to know. And I'm like, oh man, aphrodisiacs sound pretty terrible. Maybe we should stop using them. But you did say some of them are true. Yes. And some of the ones that are thought to have some actual physiological effects can be some of the ones that are actually more sustainable, that aren't rhino horns and tiger genitals. Yeah, ti- um, yeah. okay. Or uh, like so horrible ones that have horrific side effects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like okay. Things you should definitely not eat. Yeah. It <laughs> should not go in your body. Okay. And you haven't said anything about oysters yet. So I'm getting a little disappointed because I really oh, no. buy into that one. And I think it's okay. true. Also strawberries, also asparagus, also figs. I always heard figs. Figs are another one that's just supposed to look like genitals. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. I got it. Like pomegranates for the same reason. Yes. Pomegranate fig. Okay. All that. Oh, okay. Makes yeah. sense. Gotcha. So things like uh, ginseng and maca root. Those are more sustainable things that actually may have some basis in actually having an effect on sexual function. So maca a, root? Mm-hmm. So it? it's actually uh, M-A-C-A. It's uh, basically a mustard family plant. Cool. Okay. And then uh, ginseng, I think, sim- has similar history in being mm-hmm. used. I, I but- use ginseng, yeah. So there's a, a pretty decent review called Maca for Improving Sexual Function, a systematic review from a journal of complementary inter- alternative medicine. So okay. um, it actually found that when you do a, a review of all of the studies that have looked at Maca, it can improve sexual function. But like a lot of these studies, they're like, it looks promising, but the sample sizes of all of the studies are usually really small. And so they're like, well, we wouldn't hang our hat on it. Mm-hmm. that's one thing that they will say like it can help with erectile dysfunction a, a lot a lot of things that are touted to improve sexual function actually end up being studied as helping erectile dysfunction because everything else is self-reported basically mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard to report you know measure arousal i know i know they can um <laughs> because there's studies this is unrelated i wasn't but there are studies about whether or not people are aroused by like romantic movies or scary movies or action Mm -hmm. movies things like that like so trying to pick a date movie basically and the way that they measured arousal basically was they would have like inserts for women like vaginal inserts for women and then like penile reverse inserts for men And uh, would like basically measure physical genital response as a measure of um, arousal to like sitting and watching a movie, you know. I mean, that's super interesting. I can imagine getting people to sign up for that study would be difficult, though, because it does <laughs> seem a little like invasive. It does. But, you know, college kids will do anything for 20 bucks. So <laughs> that's true. But people get weird about sex. Right. So that's yeah. OK. So that's it. So I do get the self-reporting. But you can actually physically see the results of like an erectile dysfunction study. Yes. Yes. So like, that's what yeah. a lot of the studies on aphrodisiacs actually are. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that's why we have more information for men. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Well, and also historically, like a lot of aphrodisiacs were taken, you know, by men to try and improve their performance. Yeah. yeah okay. I guess that's true. And let's not lie. There's more research on Viagra than anything else for women. So, you know, mm-hmm. not going to make this yeah. a social commentary. I just want to throw that out there. All right. Continue. Well, Viagra is actually interesting. I mean, it was, all it is, is basically a vasodilator that lets, that allows blood flow into the penis and throughout the rest of the body. So Viagra effects are not limited to the genitals that actually it can affect your blood pressure all over your body. And that's why Viagra was invented. It was discovered as a blood pressure medicine. I did know that. And then people were like, this is a really great side effect. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I mean, see that that's the thing when you're talking about aphrodisiacs is like, that's the easiest thing to measure is like physical genital response. But the concept of aphrodisiacs is supposed to be for feelings of passion and perform, not just, you know, 
physical performance. So it's like, it can't yeah. make you fall in love. And so we'll, we'll kind of end with that later about how you actually can maybe induce feelings of attraction. Um, Cause all like the aphrodisiacs. Yes. I like it. I mean, like maca is not that it's something that can help like Viagra can help blood flow, you know? Yeah. And so like with, with things like that, you still have to have the attraction or physical, like, a psychological response to become aroused it doesn't make you aroused it like just lets the physical consequences of arousal proceed as appropriate <laughs> well don't laugh at me i am a little bit like no i'm just like i'm sitting here and i'm like this is like super interesting and it's also I'm, I'm really starting to question everything I ever thought I knew about the science of food. We're going to have to do so many more science of food studies because I'm sitting here and I'm like, no, everything you're saying is ruining my life. I know that strawberries make me fall in love with bread. I know they do. Every time I eat them, I feel happy. Hey, I mean, that's great. And that's... <laughs> so I, mean, I just like strawberries. <laughs> well, honestly, one of, the, one of the articles that I read, they pointed out anything can be an aphrodisiac if you think it is. Yes. I mean... It's like, it's how you choose to feel about it, like your interpretation of it, because so much of like being attracted to someone is, you know, it's a mental thing as mm -hmm. well as a physical thing. So if you believe in it, right. If you believe in you it, believe, I believe in the oysters. I believe in the oysters. Okay. And that's something that confounds a lot of the studies on chocolate is because so many people think, well, chocolate's going to be an aphrodisiac, but then their studies are like people who like women who eat a lot of chocolate do say that they have better sex lives but they're also like usually younger women in relationships that get a lot of chocolate you know it's just yeah like, it's like man it's like i probably have a great sex life too if i got chocolate for my partner all the time they're like yeah come on see it it's like yeah this is great <laughs> chocolate's awesome so so the thing about chocolate is it does actually have serotonin and anandamide in it so they're like well it could make you feel good but like those studies again they're just like it's a lot of self-reporting and so no one's a lot really sure but yeah there has there have been studies on it there have been studies published on whether or not i am sure like i people look for any reason to eat massive amounts of chocolate i would definitely believe that's that. fair that's yeah. definitely fair it's like nope eat chocolate's healthy you should definitely eat it makes you have more sex you should definitely eat it it's good for you yep <laughs> eat more chocolate. Yep. like people are going to publish studies on wine and people are going to publish studies on chocolate those are two yep. where like we need y'all to like work some science out to where it's acceptable to eat and drink both of these things in massive amounts of water. <laughs> we need y'all to make this work for us, okay? Get it together, science. That's way easier than saying like exercise is an aphrodisiac, which, you know, technically it is way more than food because it gets your blood flowing, you have better stamina, it gets you endorphins, like all that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you work out with your partner, that may actually be way better, but it's sometimes more fun to eat chocolate. So like, it's always more fun to eat chocolate. What kind of sentence is that? Always more fun to eat chocolate. Oh, Danny and I have fun working out together. Yeah, like but you have more fun eating chocolate. I guarantee it. If you're just, I mean, you can have <laughs> guilt about eating the chocolate, but you have more fun eating the chocolate. You're like, this is amazing. <laughs> Chocolate's so, great. Okay. So we got ginseng so far, which is real and maca root. Yeah. So far, so which we'll, is real. We'll go ahead. Well, I know you're, you want to talk about oysters. So we'll go ahead and talk about oysters. Yeah. So, Oysters, again, are very famous aphrodisiacs. I have a truly horrible mental vision of the scene in White Chicks where Terry Crews is yep. eating oysters. Oyster, yes. I love that scene. That's a fun movie. But anyway, and, and historically, I think Casanova was said to eat like 50 oysters every day for breakfast, and that's what made him such an amazing lover or something like that. Yep. Whatever. Heard that. So, Heard that for sure. The thing is, is that actually may be true. Maybe not with, you know, being a good lover as far as technique and application goes, but as far as being virile and having healthy sperm counts, then yes, that actually would be true. <laughs> really? So, uh, in a way, yeah. So there actually have been obviously a lot of studies on this because oysters are very famous, purported aphrodisiac. But one of the things about oysters is that they are a very high source of zinc. And zinc is one, like the second highest trace element that's found in your body. And it's something that is needed for good sperm health. So there's a good review that anyone can read called zinc is an essential element for male fertility, a review of zinc roles in men's health, germination, sperm quality, and fertilization. 
So zinc is a necessary component of seminal fluid for several reasons. It helps with sperm motility. It helps with sperm health. And those are essential qualities to being able to successfully get someone pregnant after intercourse. So you can be perceived as more virile if you or your sex statistically results in more pregnancies. So the thing about zinc is it helps with like their membrane function. It helps with like their you have they have that long flagella their like yeah. their flexibility and motility and it's also essential for so the construction of sperm they're very tiny especially compared to like an egg yeah. and basically oh lord yes they're itty-bitty. basically all they are is like the nucleus with the half of the dna that they need one mitochondria for energy that's wrapped around their tail and then like a little sack of digestive enzymes at the top called an acrosome and that's all they are. They're very efficient. They're just like, they got the motor in the back. They got the DNA in the middle. And then they've got- I have one job. They've got a little- One job. <laughs> bag of digestive fluids that whenever it crashes into the egg, it will dissolve the membrane of the egg and be able to get the DNA inside of the egg and form a zygote. Sperm is like, I do one thing. Yeah, they do. And I do it very well, they, but I do one thing. I do one thing, Yes. So zinc is like the super, the super juice. So zinc is, is in, essential for those processes. It, it plays actually several okay. roles, but it needs to be in the seminal fluid for the nourishing and successful construction and health of the sperm. So if you eat something that has really high zinc content, which there are other things that have high zinc, like nuts, legumes. Also, you can just take zinc. Yes, you can just, these days you can just take zinc. Fortified cereals. I guess because you can get like minerals, supplemented cereals. Yeah, so not not fruity pebbles. No. <laughs> yeah, no, no sadness. All right, continue. Some of the mushrooms that we talked about a while back, cremini mushrooms, and then yogurt. Oh, okay, cool. So there are other things, but like oysters have a lot of zinc. So the thing, so the thing is, is it's not the kind of thing that like you're going to eat on Valentine's Day and then have sexy times that day because of it, like physically, but if you, like Casanova reportedly did, make a habit of eating a lot of oysters, then you can build up that zinc and have a a good sperm count afterwards. So it has a more long-term effect. And I think other things like the maca or whatever, the ones that affect ED that are really just vasodilators, those might, those have more of an immediate effect, I guess. But for this, this is something, this is something you'd have to take for a while as a practice, you know, like that one sexy guy, he eats a ton of oysters. And so everyone else will say like, I should eat oysters and then I'll have sexy times, but really it's not like, it's the long-term practice that you put in. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's like, it's like the exercise of the food world. You have to eat oysters religiously and then you get the benefit. Okay. Fancy. Okay. That makes sense. I got you on that one. So yeah. So it's that, that one is legit, but not in the way that a lot of people think. Gotcha. Okay. See, I thought it was the way it looked. Well, that's probably why a lot of people started taking it because like you said, you take a lot of things that look like genitals or sometimes things that are genitals, because like I said, there's people will sell today. They'll sell like bull testicle extract and stuff. And a lot of people I think will try taking testosterone, stuff like that for uh, improving male performance. And, and I know that one. Yeah. Some people say female performance, but from what I read, like that's not, necessarily going to help female performance. Now, to be fair, women do need testosterone in their bodies to produce estrogen. So in the process of pro- of estrogen production, like estradiol and other estrogens, like testosterone is a precursor, mm-hmm. which is why sometimes if guys take too much testosterone, the excess testosterone that is not used in the formation of other androgens can be converted to estrogen and cause side effects that maybe bodybuilders don't want. While I think testosterone can have short-term vasodilating effects, kind of like Viagra does, long-term it is not good for your genitals to take okay, fair to enough. take excess testosterone all the time. Don't do that to your genitalia. Yeah, got it. It's not. It's not great. Got it. Gotcha. Okay, so. Interesting. So we got the oysters. That makes me feel better. So even though like a lot of it's just like in my head, there is a little bit of science showing that if you eat a ton of oysters, will help your sperm count. Not that that matters because Brett and I don't want children, but <laughs> the idea that it could be a thing. Okay, fair enough. What else we got food wise? Um, what about like strawberries, asparagus, like all that stuff? Like you hear about? I it. saw I saw asparagus on a few lists. Um, I along with carrots and potatoes. So I don't, I didn't actually see any studies about asparagus, asparagus, but I can, 
Or just like, or like, what else do you have that you know is like, like this is what we talk about, like this is like what you hear about, like the figs make sense, the pomegranates make sense. Let's see. So, um, I mean, when I was looking for like the the ones that actually have some sort of effect, I mean, and there's there's good there's some good summary articles. Like there there was one that actually was really good that I was expecting to not be good. It's not a journal article. It was just a article on a telehealth website basically called uh, getroman.com but I will recommend it anyway because this article is actually really well cited and I was able to like all of his points I was able to click through and actually see journal articles that I could then find and see his conclusions of like yeah this was a reasonable thing for them to say so I will say interesting surprisingly well written article on getroman.com called the strange science behind why some aphrodisiacs work so Okay. I normally would not recommend uh, an article on a site like that, but... But this one had a lot of science behind it, fair it enough. It was written by a DO and reviewed by an MD and uh, actually was well-cited, so... I'm like, ha Okay, cool stuff. Yeah, and kind of like that and other other websites, they kind of say, like, as far as sexual health goes, oysters and maca root are probably some of the best supported. Uh, and then other things are going to be things like chili peppers that make you flush things like that that are going to make your trick your body into thinking you're aroused huh. so interesting and again anything can be an aphrodisiac if you treat it like one <laughs> true story but and i just looked up mm-hmm. um asparagus and apparently it's phallic shaped okay so that's all okay i think yeah i think ah, that's, that's why boring. it was in there with carrots you know boring yeah boring but okay so i did want to say the one thing that does make you fall in love with people physically chocolate <laughs> no bummer i mean that I mean, can make yes, you fall in love. Like... yeah but <laughs> so physically the only thing that you love is oxytocin are you gonna say drugs make us fall in love because that's not helpful i didn't say oxycotton <laughs> okay <laughs> you're funny all right which, which my brain always is super concerned that i'm gonna mean oxytocin and say oxycotton <laughs> Yeah, it's like Oxycontin makes you fall asleep, but <laughs> close enough. Yeah, <laughs> things like... We love Oxytocin. Things like uh, GHB are not aphrodisiacs. Those are daybreak drugs. They're like, very do different. Not, do not take those. Those are bad for you. Do not take those. Bad idea. Yes. Nope. That one's a no. But no, oxytocin is a hormone and a neurotransmitter that is mostly for women. It is most famously produced during childbirth to make you be happy about the process and miserable right yes because otherwise you wouldn't do that again more than once i'm sure Um, we're not doing that again nope um and breastfeeding so oxytocin is like i said it's a hormone but it's stimulated by physical contact it is produced in higher levels during like hugging it's uh, sometimes it's called like the cuddling hormone it's released during an orgasm and is thought to have a lot of impact on your like your you know mental and psychological well-being it can alleviate symptoms of depression anxiety and stuff like that and women do have higher levels than men but men do have some so i didn't want to like say it's only for women but it is most extensively discussed um and researched investigated uh sorry forgot a word in women because it's like very clearly stimulated like during breastfeeding like physical stimulation of the nipples causes releasing of oxytocin and physical skin to skin contact causes release and so it's thought to be like this is what makes moms love their children is the physical release of oxytocin while you're staring face to face with this child and your brain is saying love it take care of it pass on your genes you know like keep this thing alive yes do not do not kill this keep it alive yes so and and so it's kind of like oxytocin is like the thing that really makes people fall in love (laughs) is and you can stimulate it like i said with physical contact cuddling but generally you're in a point in your relationship where you already kind of like someone if you're like cuddling with them yeah we're assuming yes generally not always yeah generally yeah and there have been studies where like some of the early studies were actually in voles because they found like these really two similar vole species and one was like really promiscuous and had a ton of sex and then one was like monogamous and didn't have a lot of sex and i understand these are rodents so like yes but like the main difference between the two was 
hormones, it was oxytocin and vasopressin. Okay. And they found that like if they blocked the oxytocin from the really horny voles that they wouldn't have sex, but it didn't work that if they gave the oxytocin to the non-horny voles that they would have sex because they didn't even have receptors for oxytocin. So it was kind of a weird study, ah, but so it couldn't work. Okay. Yeah. But just in like old school endocrinology studies that, that was kind of the theory behind establishing monogamous relationships or, or whatever, falling in love quote, you know, it was vol studies. Vol studies. Yeah. That's hilarious. So basically, if you're happier, you're having sex with a lot of different people. You're like, yay! Lots of oxytocin. Can you get that in like a pill form? So... That's not like ecstasy? <laughs> like, I mean... Yeah, that's kind of the thing. It's like, it's not... It's not something you can take. I mean, actually, I mean, pe- some of the articles did compare it to like, is this something that's just like you could take like a drug? But uh, for the most part, I think the study said no. But yeah, can't do that. But I mean, it is thought to be like a good way to affect your psychological attachments to people. Can it come in food? I'm googling that right now. I figure out what kind of food. Called the love hormone can be found in a variety of food. Oh, good. Especially ones considering vitamin D, vitamin C, magnesium, and dietary fats. So fatty fish, mushrooms, and tomatoes. Yeah. But also, I'm getting this from Google. It's called the Tone and Sculpt app. I don't know how reliable <laughs> that is. Yeah. It mean, might just like be trying to trick log. you to eat healthy. Yeah. Sounds like they're trying to trick you. But yeah, this one said that it was a in, uh, Indian Journal of Endocrino- Endocrinological Metabolism or endocrinology metabolism. It's abbreviated. Anyway, there's an article called The Orgasmic History of Oxytocin, colon, Love, Lust, and Labor. And it does mention how oxytocin's been, like, touted as, like, the new party drug. Okay. That's fancy. I'm looking at, like, ways to increase your oxytocin. One of the articles says you need to pet more dogs. That sounds good to me. Which, I mean, I'm great with that. Like, it doesn't say anything about cats, though, because cats are demon spawn. But dogs, yes. Dogs are great. Touch more dogs. It's a good choice. Also, dogs are always open to be pet. Well, most of them are open to be pet. Cats, man, you got to get them at the right time of day. Yeah. Right time of day for the cats. They've also studied oxytocin as a way to kind of reduce drug cravings. So, like, if you're just... Yes. No, I actually have seen that. Yeah. I actually have seen that. So... I mean... Like, in my line of work. You can administer it to people, but I don't think it's used... Like, you don't slip it to people like you slip them GHB and hope that they fall in love with you. It's not a Cupid Zero. Basically, it promotes bonding. And that's important yes. for humans as a social species to have bonding with one another. So that's, as far as love and connection goes, oxytocin is your best bet. Just the straight hormone in your brain that makes you love things. Okay. I'm here for it. Like looking up like all these oxytocin things now. Like this is crazy. I like it. All right. So anyway, back to that. So that's the love potion. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Very cool. All right. So what else you got? That was kind of the main points I wanted to hit. You know, most of them are bunk. Some of them will help, but more of a long-term reproductive health system and not just like a, hey, this takes over your brain and makes you fall in love like a Cupid's arrow. Makes you fall in love. Yes. Yeah. It's not like a it's not like a miracle drug. It's not like if I eat a bunch of strawberries, all of a sudden I'm be like, I am the yeah. love doctor. It's just whoever's in front of you while you eat strawberries, that's who you love forever. Oh, well. You know. I mean, that, yeah. God, how easy would that be? That would be so easy. So that's super interesting, though. And I do like, I think my favorite thing is the idea where it's like, anything can be an aphrodisiac if you like it enough. Yeah. You know, and if it makes you happy. You know, and I'm assuming the person you're eating and around helps, too. You know, Brett and I probably really like oysters just because that's like our Valentine's Day thing. Yeah. I do oysters. If that's your tradition, that's cool. Yeah. If you have a tradition, like my parents always go to Mexican restaurants for their anniversary. You know, it's just like anything's yeah. probably like romantic if you want it to be. Right. Exactly. It's just like, you know, it's like what you make of it. So happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And for those of you who are from New Orleans, happy Bacchus Sunday, because Valentine's Day can't have our Bacchus Sunday. This is Bacchus Sunday or Toast Sunday, I guess, if you're born to the early parades. But yeah, so, and before we leave, I definitely want to do our mental health minute. There's my cat in the background. Hey, Breezes. Get down. She is successfully getting to the, getting to the window like Brett Wannenberg. She is. I know my husband set it up because her, his real wife, the cat, um, was blocked from seeing outside every day. So he had to fix that because we got a new headboard. (laughs) So yes. So what is your mental health minute, Erica? 
I actually didn't prepare one. I've actually been in a really good mental health place lately. That's your mental health minute. I wanted you to talk about it. My mental health minute is find the drugs that work for you. <laughs> hey, find the drugs that work for you. <laughs> yeah. So I have now come to the conclusion that taking situational anxiety meds like hydroxyzine are good as needed, but for me, a preventative or prophylactic or whatever you want to call it, anxiety med. So I'm on Lexapro now is the short version. And it's been amazing. I've been able to go to work without like wanting to vomit and die uh, or pass out or any of the other physical yes. physical symptoms that I have from just work-related anxiety. I can have a Sunday now without just getting those Sunday scaries and worrying about work. But anyway, so things have been way better on my end but yeah like actually when she logged on i was like oh you're you look great she's like hey it's like yeah. wow it's sunday you look great yeah i have other friends that are like wow you look really good i'm like i feel like a human you know it's like it's like yeah my brain's working right feels nice i'm not legitimately terrified all the time <laughs> that's like brains turned on feels cool feels cool to have a working brain i like working brains it's very nice it is different. I told you, man, once, once you get on your brain working the way it's meant to, you're like, man, this is great. It is different. Like, I don't have, like, I'm kind of more tired in the evenings. I'm not like, but it's weird. It's like, maybe I'm not panicked to take care of things. You know, I'm not, have like worried energy. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it's almost like you're meant to be tired in the evenings <laughs> because it's the evening. <laughs> Yeah, it's like when you're done it's, with work, it's tired. Time. Yeah, it is. It is. It's almost like your body's like, "Hey, do you remember sleep?" Yeah, sleep is great. We should do that some more. Yeah. So I mean, there's still parts of it that I'm adjusting to, but it's it's way better. <laughs> oh my god! And I'm so happy for you. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a weird mental health minute because I don't feel like it helps a lot of people, but like, I guess just saying. Getting on your correct meds and advocating for yourself to get your correct meds, I feel like that's a good mental health minute. Yep. Because things got bad. Yeah, things, so many people things, fight that. Things got bad yeah. for a bit. Mm -hmm. And then you found the correct medication and looking at the fact that there's nothing wrong with taking medication. Yeah. We don't get mad at people for having things like diabetes or cancer. Take your meds. Yeah. Take your meds forever and ever and ever this is like my like counseling psa please take your medication see the way you don't like lose entire days of work because you're fighting your own brain yes yes or if it takes away you know without being on meds takes away the things that make you happy like your relationships yep you know or this podcast or like D, &D <laughs> or anything else we do yeah. it's really fun so like get your life back yep so yeah and my mental health minute, and I'm going to be like wailing on this for a while because I am hearing, you know, I work with seniors. So I'm hearing a lot of people who are like, I should, I should, I should, I should. What I want everyone to realize is we are still in the middle of a pandemic and you deserve grace and you deserve to give yourself a break. You are allowed to process this at whatever speed that you need to. Yep. And the world is op the world can operate on your schedule right now. You should not. <laughs> have to try to keep up with anyone else. So reminder world, we are in a pandemic. Give yourself grace. Yeah. I'm always shooting myself. Yeah. Don't shoot yourself. <laughs> don't shoot yourself. Shooting all over yourself. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, anybody wants to look up that, that's um, REBT therapy. So anybody want to go look up that? I am not an REBT therapist, but I use that all the time. Nice. Do not shoot yourself. So yes. Okay. Well, the cat is coming to say hello. Hi, Bree. And it was... And guys, we're going to be keeping on schedule as much as we can. But right now, Erica's graduation takes priority. So you might see us next week. You might not. It just depends on how she's going with her experiments. Because we're getting this girl graduated. We have a doctor not, we're going to have a doctor not party as soon as this is done. It's going to be amazing. Yay. Yes. We should just have a podcast where it's like, you know, we just do doctor not stuff. And That'd be funny. Have like a party podcast. I, that still just sounds like such a super villain name, though, you know? Dr. Not. I mean, that's how is that not just Dr. No, you know? <laughs> I just feel like you need to embrace your supervillain status. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, that's you fair. know? What are supervillains except for people who just don't agree with the superhero? That's true. They I mean, that's have it. A different, yeah. I should ask my brother, though, how he gets the, how, the reactions to his Dr. Not, you know? Dr. Not. <laughs> if he gets well, he's a pediatrician, voice. so he's probably like Dr. Z or something. Actually, that's, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's, he deals with children. So it's like they always like to use the first like initial or whatever. Yeah. Okay, well, it was good to see everybody. And don't forget, if you want to contact us, um, please reach out on social media or send us an email at yes. southernsciencechicks at gmail.com. Yes. And our social media handles, Erica? We're Southern Science Chicks on both Facebook and Instagram. And Erica's been posting some stuff lately that's pretty cool. So even though you don't see us, we're still throwing those pictures up there. Yeah. So, so I yeah. yeah, I put up some pictures that la- our last episode, we took a, a tangent into discussing caves. And so I took put up some pictures of whenever oh. me and my family went uh, exploring through a cave system. It was really cool. I don't know. Katie wasn't a big fan of like the, you know, cave spiders and stuff that we discussed, but <laughs> yeah, no, I was not. I looked, I was like, ah, but yeah, it was cool stuff. So yeah, hit us up. Uh, any recommendations, any requests for things y'all would like to learn about, let us know. And we will see y'all hopefully next week. Right. Bye. Bye everybody. Do you ever have the friends we knew that you remember me?